According to the scriptures, we don't come into this world with a natural inclination towards loving one another. Rather, we come into this world as enemies of God, hating both Him and each other. This is Preaching Christ. Preaching Christ is a radio collection of sermons from Lutheran pastors around the world who are dedicated to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the remission of sins. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Dan Kistler of Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Pacifica, California. The text for this morning's sermon is the Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse 9. You know, it's odd that we have to be told to love. You'd think that love is something that we'd all want for each other. We all know how much we ourselves want to be loved. And yet, even the world seems to be aware of the lack of love that has existed among people for thousands of years. There have even been a number of songs written which mourn the fact that what the world needs now, there's just too little of. And yet, when it comes to giving an answer for the reason why people don't naturally love one another, the songs get it all wrong. They like to lay the blame on the parents or the environment in which a child is raised. They claim that children come into this world like blank slates and that if loved themselves, they would naturally love others. Children must be taught to hate, so the philosophy goes. But while it's true that a child might grow up expressing his hatred in a violent way due to his upbringing and surroundings, The Word of God tells us that it's not that we must be taught to hate, but that we must be taught to love. According to the Scriptures, we don't come into this world with a natural inclination towards loving one another. Rather, we come into this world as enemies of God, hating both Him and each other. Why should the Bible have to command us to love at all if that weren't a problem for us? But Jeremiah tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And Jesus says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. According to the word of God, our hearts are full of hatred from conception, which will eventually manifest itself in our deeds and our words as we grow older. But if this is so, how, then Jesus, how, how can then Jesus command us to abide in his love and to love one another as he has loved us? If by nature we hate both God and one another, how can we do what Jesus commands? The fact is we can't unless our heart is changed. Because our heart is contaminated with sin, there is no abiding in Christ's love for us and no loving one another unless our heart is first cleansed. But this is exactly what the Lord does for you through his word and your baptism. Jesus isn't speaking to unbelievers here in today's gospel text, but to believers whose hearts have been cleansed and changed through the preaching of the gospel and the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. 
We see this change clearly in the reading from the book of Acts for today. When as Peter proclaims that everyone who believes in Jesus receives the forgiveness of sins through his name, and suddenly the pagans who were listening to him were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in tongues, praising God. Through the word of the gospel, the Lord had created new hearts within these people. And recognizing this, Peter then commanded that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which is where, as the author of the book of Hebrews explains, our hearts were sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies are washed with pure water. And this was done for you too. When you heard the gospel and were washed in the waters of your baptism, the Holy Spirit gave you a new heart, a heart that now can trust in Jesus, abide in his love, and love others as he has loved you. Whereas before you were like dead Lazarus who couldn't do anything until the Lord spoke him back to life with his word, now since Jesus has spoken you to new life with his word, you can do anything he asks of you with the help of the Holy Spirit whom you have also received through the washing of the water and the word. But if we now have been given a new and clean heart, why is it that Jesus must teach us to abide in his love and to love one another? Shouldn't this come naturally? Well, it depends on what nature you're talking about. Yes, according to the new nature that we now have in Jesus, we don't need to be taught to love. This nature loves without the law and the commandments, demanding it to do so. And this is why Paul lists love under the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians and then writes that against such things there is no law. Perfect love does not have to be commanded to love. It loves spontaneously. But there is another nature that we all still carry, and it's called the sinful nature or the old Adam and the flesh. And it neither wants to love nor can it love without sin. Can it love certain people? Yes, like a mother that loves her children, even if she isn't a Christian. But it will not love everyone, including its enemies. Nor can it love as Jesus loves. Even Christians struggle with this. And so according to their sinful nature, Christians must be taught and commanded to love so that they might die to the hatred that is so characteristic of this nature and walk not by the flesh but by the Spirit. There's a warfare that's going on within every Christian where every day he must on the one hand fight against the lusts of the flesh that still hates God and his neighbors and does not want to obey God's commandments. And on the other hand, strengthen the will of the Spirit with the word of God, so that he might abide in Christ's love and love others as Christ has loved him. According to the one nature, we need to hear the law. According to the other nature, we need to hear the gospel. According to the sinful nature, we are slaves under the law who do what we are commanded only when coerced and threatened. According to the new nature, we are the Lord's friends under the gospel who do what he commands because we live in his love. This brings us to Jesus' words in today's gospel text where he commands us to abide in his love and to love one another as he has loved us. 
Again, because by nature we only know how to hate, we must be taught by the Lord how to love. First, we're told to abide in his love for us. There can be no loving one another the way God intends us to love one another if we are not first on the receiving end of his love for us. We must be first loved by the Lord before we can show his love to others. So what does it mean to abide in Christ's love? Well, we don't have to guess. Jesus spells it out for us here. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Well, it sounds like Jesus is saying, as long as you obey me and follow my rules and do what I say, then you will abide in my love. If that were the case, Jesus would be little more than a new Moses. And abiding in his love would mean nothing more than obeying a bunch of laws. The Ten Commandments were originally and still are an expression of God's love, as they're summarized with the commands to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. What's more, the commandments were given by God to protect his gifts to us. And yet we weren't able to keep the first ten. How are we going to keep any commandments that Jesus gives us? Fortunately for us, the word commandment has a much broader meaning than simply law. It's often used in the scriptures to refer to the entire word of God, both law and gospel. Here Jesus uses it in this broader sense to indicate that keeping his commandments is about more than just doing what he tells us to do. It's about clinging to everything he says and promises to us in his word, first and foremost, those things which he says about his love for us and how he showed that love to us. Elsewhere, the Apostle John writes, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in them. There in his first epistle, John refers to believing in Jesus and loving one another as the commandment of the Lord. And you can't have one without the other. Believing in Jesus and loving one another go together, but believing in Jesus comes first, and then loving one another. To believe in Jesus is to first be on the receiving end of his love for you. To believe in Jesus is to trust that out of his love for you, he poured out his blood for you on the cross as the atoning sacrifice for your sins and then rose again from the dead, overcoming sin, death, and the devil for you in order to reconcile you to God. To believe in Jesus is to trust that he accomplished everything that is necessary for your salvation apart from your willing or doing. Believing in Jesus means trusting in God's word that out of his love for you he gave his only begotten son so that through faith in him you should not perish but have eternal life. To believe in Jesus is not simply to remember these facts once in a while but to hold his word sacred and gladly hear and learn it. So to abide in Jesus' love is first and foremost about being on the receiving end of that love as he continues to pour his love into you daily through the scriptures and the sacraments. Here today, the Lord is strengthening your faith 
in him as he fills you up with his love and forgiving you your sins and in feeding you on his body and blood. Second, abiding in Jesus' love means loving one another in the same way that you are loved by the Lord. Again, this would be impossible for you if your heart were not first changed and you were not on the receiving end of the, love, the Lord's love for yourself. This kind of love that God wants us to show one another cannot be coerced or forced from you by threats. You can only love one another as Jesus loves you once you have been loved by Jesus and his love has its way with you. And when the Lord fills you up with his love, he doesn't stop once your cup is full. But as Psalm 23 states, our cup overflows. Jesus keeps pouring his love into you until it has nowhere else to go but outwards towards the people around you so that they get wet with that same love. Imagine a child playing in a bathtub. If you're sitting next to him or her at the time, you're going to get wet as they splash around. I've experienced this myself with my niece and my nephew. This is what it should be like for others as we splash around in our baptismal waters, getting everyone else wet with the love of Jesus, which he pours into our hearts. The more we live under the Lord's love for us, the more we will show that love towards others, especially towards our brothers and sisters in Christ who know that love themselves. Of course, no one will be able to love as perfectly as Jesus, will be hindered by our sinful nature, will not be able to love as selflessly as he did. We will not give our lives for others as completely as he did. We'll have trouble forgiving others as he forgives us. But as his love washes away our sins and continues to be poured into us, we will, with the help of his Spirit, abide in him bearing the fruit of faith towards him and fervent love towards one another until he removes the sinful nature once and for all and brings us into that perfect state of love in heaven on the day he returns for us just as he promises. Until then, may he continue to fill you with his joy as you abide in his love. Amen. We hope you enjoyed and were edified by today's Preaching Christ. If you're interested in having your church's sermons aired on Preaching Christ, feel free to email Pastor Craig D'Onofrio at craig at piratechristianradio.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in his grace.